This is Perushka from Irvine, California, and I would rather move to Venezuela than listen to I Doubt It with Dolomar. And by the way, love the show and Britney is the best part. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us for this 232nd episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, lovely and talented and dainty like a lady, Brittany Page. Yep. <laughs> dainty like a lady. Dainty like a lady uh-huh. or, or a slight man. Um, a very slight man. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you think. Free speech. So I want to, let me ask you a question. Yes. Brittany Page. Uh-huh. As you know, we don't like to jump right into the hellscape of news right away. We like to kind of. We have to ease into it. Yeah. Have a little intro segment where we talk about our days and our weeks. It's too overwhelming if we just go straight to the news. Well, it also kind of lets people into our lives. Yes. Because, you know, everybody wants a into our lives. <laughs> <laughs> so. What would you say the the most abhorrent name is to call a woman? Um, aside from slight man, dainty. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're getting at is the the word that begins with the C. Yeah, that's right. A cunt. <laughs> this. This word is going to be used. I think everyone knows the word we're talking about. It's cunt. Yes. <laughs> oh, bleeping is fun. And it's going to be used several times. So Brittany has a story. She came home the other day and was visibly shaking. Not shaken. Oh, she was shaken by an almost accident. She was... Her adrenaline was pumping. The fight or flight response had been initiated. And she was like like she was freezing cold, chattering, ready with anger. Ready to freak out. <laughs> and I will turn it over to Brittany to tell the tale. So I was on my way home, <laughs> and there are a lot of four-way stops. In, in our area, on the way home. Yeah, in our little neighborhood. Yes, and so I was driving, and I came to one of these stops, and I stopped, and there was two cars at the intersection when I got there. So one car went before me, because they had been stopped before me, and then I went. That is how a four-way stop works. Yes, and then I went, because I had been stopped second. And the car to my right is not happy with me and that is made apparent when they start yelling cunt from the car 
And I mean yelling. I could hear it from my vehicle. All my windows were down, but I could still hear it. And this person's going off. You fucking cunt, they were saying. Okay. <laughs> and so I... Because they believe you didn't stop. Apparently, yes. Or they believe they were there first. Yeah. And as I passed them, I saw the little pink mustache in their windshield. Indicating that they are a Lyft driver. Yes. Not an Uber driver. No. A Lyft driver. The company we prefer <laughs> to use yes. over Uber. Yeah. And so I kind of stop in the middle of the road. You no, know, you didn't kind of stop. You stopped okay, contemplating your next move. Yes, because Are old... you going to jump out of the car and go crazy like old Brittany? Old Brittany would have gotten <laughs> out of the car and had a few words with this kind sir. And so I stopped the car trying to figure out what I was going to do. So I decided not to get out of the car because I'm changing my ways from old Brittany, right? I'm being more of a rational human being. So so this car uh, goes around me and is yelling cunt again as he goes around me. And so I decide to follow him to get his license plate number. Because like I said, I saw the pink mustache. So while I'm sitting there kind of thinking through how to handle this situation, I thought, well, what would a normal person do who isn't overcome with anger? They would probably just report him, right? Because he's a Lyft driver. He's obviously driving erratically. He's screaming at someone because he thinks they went before him at a four-way stop. No danger was right. even, involved. Even if you had gone before your turn... It's not a an aggressive situation. Here's the response it should be. Oh, it wasn't her turn to go. All right, well, on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And even, even me, who does have a tendency to be aggressive, eh, all right. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It happens. And so I follow him to the next stop and I get my phone out. And the whole time I'm following him, he's flipping me off from the car and he's still screaming. And he's screaming so loud that like a family is walking on the sidewalk and they stop and they're looking, trying to figure out, is this a domestic violence situation? Is he harming someone in his vehicle? What's yeah. going on? And he comes to the stop sign. Why is that Lyft driver acting a fool? <laughs> and he comes to the stop sign and he says, this is how you stop, you fucking cunt. He's like Al Swearingen from Deadwood on HBO. He's still screaming. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so strange. So, so I get home, I complain yeah, to, yeah. to Lyft. They give me a $5 credit on my account. Like That's a, what I was asking for. You took for, a picture but... of his license plate. You yeah. had evidence. Of, yeah. Not of, the, of what happened, but you had you know documented who it was. Right. Well, I didn't stop that family and ask them to fill out a form and be my witness to send a <laughs> Lyft. But, you know, it was just the strangest thing. And uh, the other thing that I don't consider in these moments is obviously this person is acting very erratically and they're irrational. And and he could have a gun, you yeah, know, and yeah, in the sure. past, that wasn't really something that we had to think about. But now, because it's so prominent in our minds with all these mass shootings or shootings just in public in general, even if they're not on mass, um, it's something to think about. Well, and Southern California has a storied history on its freeways of having road rage incidents be ratcheted up to the next level. Yeah. Which is interesting because two days after this particular thing happened to Brittany, I found this particular newscast from David Muir over at ABC.
Next tonight, the new study, Road Rage Nation, this new report revealing that nearly 80% of Americans admit getting angry behind the wheel, letting tempers get the best of them while they're driving. ABC's David Curley looks at what's causing so much anger. Road rage at the extreme. A Florida driver irate with a motorcyclist in Oklahoma. A tailgating truck appears to run a car off the road. Drivers leaving their cars coming to blows. It happens a lot more than you think. Tonight, a new AAA survey estimating 8 million people ram another car or get out of their vehicle in a fit of rage to confront another driver. And nearly 80% say they've exhibited aggressive driving behaviors, including tailgating, yelling at, or honking the horn at another driver. That's four out of five Americans say, I did something out of rage on the road. Absolutely, and we found that very, uh, very shocking. It happens the most in urban areas, especially the Northeast. And young males, the biggest offender, three times more likely than females to confront another driver. People are so quick to rage when they get behind the wheel because stress levels are at an all-time high, and it causes more aggression to come out. Three best tips to avoid road rage? Um, Take your time. Don't tailgate. Be forgiving to other drivers. If somebody uh, is angry at you, just don't respond. Maybe most alarming, a majority of Americans believe road rage is getting worse, and 90% believe their safety is threatened. David? David Curley with us tonight. David, thanks. It's funny to me the last thing where he says, most alarmingly, 80% believe this, and 90% believe this. Who, who cares if people believe something? Report on the actual statistics of what is the case, like you did prior, about 80% of people reporting having gotten out of their car or honked their horn or whatever aggressively. But it's certainly dangerous, and I'm, I am no angel in this, in this arena. I mean, it's been many years since I've acted like an asshole and like I was entitled to an apology or whatever, but I'm glad in this case that you did the right thing well yeah and when i said old britney obviously i'm talking about years ago yeah, as yeah. well but i do look back on those times and it's embarrassing and so that's another motivation to not kind of lose control of yourself in the moment just because of some minor thing i mean yeah. so what he called me a cunt. so many people have done that okay <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm on at the this, internet. At this all right. point, oh yeah, no shit. But at this point, <laughs> man, it's like a, a weekly occurrence. It's a term of endearment at this point. You go frankly. to church and the pastor's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So that is that. <laughs> if you would like to sound off, talk to us about this topic or any other, 657-464-7609. Leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail, or you can text us. Also, if you are one of the hundreds of millions of people who possess a smartphone, you can email a voice memo from that smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Speaking of communicating with the show, we got a voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, it's uh, your old friend Jeremy from Kansas. I just wanted to... Uh Call in, voicemail in, voice memo in. My congratulations to both of you uh, for the accomplishments that you have um, with the podcast and now with the YouTube channel. I saw that you're up to 15,000 subscribers and uh, over a million views. That's huge. Don't let anybody say otherwise. It's massive, and it's a testament to what you guys have going on. So uh, keep up the good work. I can't wait to, to see 
you know what happens with the conversation, uh, the new show that you have, and uh, just keep it up. Keep it up. We need to move the conversation forward. You guys are doing a good job of doing that. Thanks. Thank you for the call, Jeremy from Kansas. That is awesome. And we appreciate the congratulations. It is because I did want to talk about this today, that we have we have over 15,000, approaching 16,000 subscribers to the YouTube channel. And now it's almost 1.1 million views. Nice. And that's that's all really within almost a year. Yeah. So it's pretty rapidly because it's only really been the last four or five months that I've really taken it seriously. But what Jeremy mentioned there is that I am starting a new segment on the YouTube channel rather than have to say, hey, I'm Jesse Dollimore. I host a podcast called I Dotto with Dollimore. Go subscribe and blah, 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 and waste like a 45 seconds of each video talking about it. It's just going to be, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this is the conversation. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Brit- Brittany and I kind of put our heads together, and this is what we're going to do. So we would love for you to support us in this. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're if, still doing the podcast, by the way. And absolutely, that's the <laughs> other thing. Everybody's asking, well, are you done with the pod? No, not at all. Trust me, I have a face for radio. I am not, <laughs> I'm not really suited for being on camera, but when there's a void, there's a vacuum of voices, I feel. Just like when we started this show, I felt that there was a lack of a certain view out there and we're filling that void. And I think we're, we're accomplishing the same thing with YouTube. So happy to be a tiny part of a very important conversation. All right. A little bit of follow-up, I guess, tangentially related to the YouTube channel, Tommy Laren in the quote unquote news. Once again, she, she being the person who is a champion of free speech, and that's my opinion. I can say what I want. And, well, it appears as though she said something that she may have regretted because she deleted a tweet that had some marketedly offensive um, content. She tweeted, meet the new KKK. They call themselves Black Lives Matter, but make no mistake, their goals are far from equality. Hashtag Dallas, hashtag Blue Lives Matter. Goddamn. So apparently she has no idea what the KKK is. Right. Relating an organization (laughs) that lynched, murdered countless blacks throughout the years She's linking them and associating that organization with Black Lives Matter, who is whose whose chief tenet is to draw attention to a disproportionate amount of police brutality that is being levied upon a vulnerable population. She she is abhorrent, deplorable. So I just wanted to to shine a little light on that, that Little Miss Free Speech is choosing to censor herself after the fact. Right. Well, almost in the same breath, she was on TV defending her right to say what she said, and then she deleted the tweet. Right. So it was kind of strange because she's acting like there was no issue with what she said, defending what she said. And Well, then why get rid of it? Why delete right. it? Or why don't you put a little bit more thought in preparation before you tweet out 
horrible shit. Well, with how proud she was, you think she would have tweeted it again and again and again, <laughs> like kept saying it right. instead of deleting the tweet. Right. If it was so logical and so <laughs> ironclad, keep it up. Yeah. All right. Well, we did take an episode off, and in our hiatus, a lot has been going on. We had the Dallas shooting, the insane shooting of several police officers in Dallas, which is a terrible, terrible occurrence, a nightmare, which was followed by a horrific terrorist attack in France during their, what, what, is, what is equal to our Independence Day. It is the same thing over there, Bastille Day. Mm-hmm. In Nice, France. Yeah, almost 90 people killed. Many, many children killed, run down by a giant, like, 18-ton truck. Mm-hmm. In the wake of this, there's a lot of talk trying to disassociate the man who did this horrific act trying to disassociate his motives from religion, from Islam. And what I want to share with the audience is a brief interview that took place on Fox News with Majid Nawaz, who is a Muslim himself, a liberal thinker, a progressive voice in the wake of these types of incidents. And he is saying very poignantly and loudly to stop saying that this doesn't have anything to do with Islam. That's not doing the problem any favors. It's not doing the world any favors to ignore what is at the core of the very present problem that we face. All right, everyone, listen to this. Despite ISIS claim responsibility for the attack in Nice, many are still saying that it had nothing to do with Islam. Our next guest knows a lot about the subject, and he says denying the nature of jihad will only make the problem worse. We are honored to be joined by Majid Nawaz. He's a former Islamic extremist. He spent a long time in prison for it. He's the author of a great book called Radical, My Journey Out of Islamist Extremism, and he joins us now. Thanks a lot for coming on this morning. So you're aware of this. I think you live in the U.K., but here in the United States, noting the essentially religious nature of the impulses behind these attacks is dismissed as Islamophobia. What do you think of that? It's the same, unfortunately, here in many of my fellow liberal circles across Europe and in Britain. And I think there's a, Tucker, I think there's a double standard at play here. And, and, and that double standard is born, unfortunately, of what I call a bigotry of low expectations. Muslims, brown-skinned people, generally people of color, are being judged by a lesser standard, an illiberal standard, as if there's an expectation that we can't possibly be secular Democrats. And I think that's a form of bigotry. Uh, and I challenge it. Um, and it's incredibly unfortunate because it leads to uh, uh, the discrimination and uh, disempowerment of the very communities these uh, uh, my fellow liberals are purporting to want to support. That is such a smart point. I hope people watching at home have taped this so they can just replay that again and again. That is really smart. Okay. Uh, but the president, on the other hand, says that the moderate Muslim community is so important for rooting out terrorism and that, that even calling it radical Islamic terror is something that will alienate that community and make them somehow not want to come forward. Why do you dis- disagree with him? On the contrary, I think what it does, uh, call this uh, Islamist, the Islamist ideology and in its violent manifestation, 
uh, jihadist terrorism, what it does is it allows reforming Muslims within the Muslim community. Uh, it provides them with a lexicon and allows them to engage in that conversation to address these very uncomfortable issues that are all real and present within our communities. There are serious challenges around equality, gender rights, sexuality rights. Only today, Pandil Baloch, a Pakistani uh, singer and actress and social media star, uh, was killed allegedly by her own brother uh, in a so-called honor killing. These are issues that are often justified, not always, but often justified by religion. And it's why I say uh, it's ignorant to say this has nothing to do with Islam. That's as unhelpful, frankly, Anna, as saying uh, that that is Islam. Um, I think the truth is in the middle. Uh, of course, the, the, the bindingly obvious is to recognize that this has something to do with Islam, not nothing and not everything. And if we were to be consistent and apply the same standard we apply to historical Christianity, just imagine how absurd it would sound for somebody to argue that the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition, had nothing to do with Christianity or Catholicism, or that the Crusades had nothing to do uh, with uh, Pope Urban II uh, and Catholicism and Christianity. It would sound absurd, and these same liberals are the first to jump on Christian fundamentalists when anti-abortion clinics are blown up, yet somehow that standard is abandoned when it comes to my fellow Muslims and my community. And I think that, that the bigotry of low expectation can only lead, as I said, to the dis disempowerment of those beleaguered reformist Muslim voices. There are many who exist, many pay for it with their lives. They need our support. If liberals, my fellow liberals, are concerned about minority communities, they should be first and foremost concerned about those women, uh, those gay Muslims, uh, those secular Muslims who are struggling within their own community for their rights. Man, I wish we had an hour-long special to really unpack all of this. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but we're grateful that you came on again. We'll hope you come back again. Thanks. This is the type of voice that we need to hear more from. What he said there is a beautiful thing, and it really is. It strikes at the heart of what we talk about on the show all the time, that if you're on the far extreme left of an issue, it is very likely you're wrong. If you find yourself on the far, far right, <laughs> it is most assured that you're wrong. Somewhere in the middle is the balance. So when he says it doesn't have everything to do with Islam and it doesn't have nothing to do with Islam, it does. We're not, it's not an indictment of Islam itself, the entire religion, or the entire scope of its membership of Muslims. It's not all Muslims. But to ignore it as though it doesn't have anything to do with it is a problem. I like what he said about Christianity and the Inquisition right. and those issues. And oftentimes you find that liberals, like he said can't make a critique of Islam, but they're totally fine with bashing Christianity. And I think that's the problem. Even Tucker Carlson was getting a little too excited because... Right. Um, what are they doing over there at Fox? God damn. <laughs> um, Terrible. If, if, if they had more time, like he said he wanted, there would have been uh, additional criticisms for Christianity too. So don't think you're off the hook there, Tucker. Right. <laughs> God. The other thing that happened this week was an attempted coup, military coup, of Turkey. And we're not going to get into great detail. It's a failed coup. They're blaming it on a certain religious figure who lives in Pennsylvania now. Um, we're going to wait to see what goes down. I will say this, though. I did see people with whom I was in the Marine Corps who were saying they support the military in this and they... Like, what are you talking about? That is completely against the rule of law. 
that is against a democratic system. Erdogan was democratically elected. You might not like him. He not he might not be a good president, but he was elected by the people. They made their choice. Wait until the next cycle rolls around and put up your general or whoever candidate that you want to run. I didn't I just found it alarming that there were Americans who were in support of a military takeover of a duly elected government. All right. So now is the time that I talk about Patreon and you do not skip past me. Yes. You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. Oh, by skip past, you mean them, not me. Yes. (laughs) You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon now. That's Uh, the new way to do it. That is the new way, yeah. It's faster, more convenient, and you can go straight to the Patreon page. It just redirects you. Select any amount you want per episode. Set a monthly maximum. If that's what you want to do, we never go over the... Eight episodes a month in charging people. Sometimes we do that bonus content, but again, that is bonus. Patreon supporters are not charged for the bonus content. Nor is anyone else. Yes, <laughs> that is true. You can also go to dollamore.com slash PayPal, and it will take you to the PayPal donation page. And you can go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. See what Jesse did making this all convenient for you. Real, real convenient. And it will take you directly to Amazon with the affiliate link. You can make your purchases and we'll get a little piece of those purchases at no cost to you. You might even want to just bookmark dollamore.com slash Amazon in your browser in in, in the place of amazon.com. I don't know who bookmarks amazon.com. But that would be an awesome way. You don't have to think about it, and you're not going to pay anymore. And if you're going to spend your money anyway, blah, blah, blah. We would love and appreciate your support. You're partnering with us to help move the conversation forward. I guess I didn't let you do that all, did I? Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, the other thing that happened, and this was just today, several Baton Rouge police officers were gunned down by a maniac who, I guess, has taken inspiration by the Micah Johnson character in Dallas. We are also going to hold on this and wait and see what comes of this, what details unravel before we make any commentary. But I will say this. Violence is not the way to get things done. It is not a way to influence the government in changing the manner with which they do things. It is only going to get them to entrench themselves in their position and become recalcitrant relative to dealing with your particular issue. Luckily, I think that in these two cases, in Dallas and Baton Rouge, we're dealing with unhinged individuals who are obsessed with the getting their way and getting it the way they want to get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is uh, very disheartening. Recently, Dan Patrick, not the sports guy, but the Texas lieutenant governor, was at a town hall meeting with President Obama 
and tried to give him the business, and it didn't quite work out the way Mr. Patrick wanted. Uh, first of all, Mr. President, um, uh, as Lieutenant Governor of Texas, like you, uh, I have some people that really like me and some people that really don't. Um, but the police officers in Texas know without question, regardless of their political party, that they have my support and I have their back. I'm concerned that police officers across the country, they know you support law enforcement, of course, but do they really in their heart feel like you're doing everything you can to protect their lives? Um, yesterday, you had meetings at the White House, and afterwards you said the tension between the police and between black America is only going to get worse. Words matter. Your words matter much more than mine. Everything you say matters. And I would ask you to consider being careful when there is an incident of not being too quick to condemn the police without due process and until the facts are known. I know that's not your intention, but again, words have meanings. And the other thing I'd like to say tonight, consider when you go home to the White House, to put on the blue lights. The police have asked you to do that. You've done it for other groups. It would send a strong message. The arrogance of that hateful bigot is immeasurable. Well, President Obama, who stood just feet away from him. Can I pipe in for a yeah, second? Yeah, please, please. So I've seen this sentiment a lot on Facebook from my conservative friends. Many people posting that they haven't heard enough from Obama, that he hasn't been supportive enough, that he hasn't said enough about this issue of cops being killed. And I'm confused by that. Because what more do they need to hear? I think he's been pretty clear. Yeah, I think Obama's very supportive of law enforcement. But it's a nuanced position. It's a nuanced topic. You can be supportive of law enforcement and say that they don't have, that no one has a right to gun them down and still say there is a problem. Not all cops are bad, but there are some bad apples in there who are allowing their their intrinsic bias, their implicit bias against young black men to get the best of them. They're not all racist either, but there's something at play here when black men are seven times more likely to be gunned down by police. For example, when I woke up this morning and the... Baton Rouge police officers had been killed. The news of that was circulating. There was a link I saw in my feed that said, um, blood is on Barack Obama's hands. Yeah. So uh, that kind of thing is being passed around quite a bit. Right. Well, here is Obama's reaction to the statement directed directly to him by the Texas Lieutenant Governor. Let me first of all say uh, that... I have been unequivocal in condemning any rhetoric directed at police officers. So I think, uh, Lieutenant Governor, you'd have to find uh, any message that did not include a very strong support for law enforcement. In all my utterances dating back to Ferguson, because I rely on law enforcement to protect me and my family, just like everybody else does. Uh, so I appreciate the sentiment. 
I think it's already being expressed, but uh, I'll, I'll be happy to send it to you in case you missed it. Mr. President, no. I know you have. I just want them yeah. to know it in their heart. They, 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 let, me, let me respond to the points uh, that you've made. Um, the second point is that I have also insisted throughout all these processes that law enforcement is deserving of due process just like everybody else. So no matter how powerful videos may be or what's been said, everybody deserves to be treated fairly by the, the justice system. And I have, and Michelle has, police officers in our family. And we know what a tough job they have. And we want to make sure that when incidents happen, however they look, that we have to take a breath and see what exactly has occurred. Now, Lieutenant Governor, what I have said is that the data, and this is not just stuff I make up, I, I, uh, I'm aware that my, my words matter deeply here. The data shows that there are disparities in terms of how uh, persons of color and whites are treated in the aggregate. That doesn't mean in any individual case there's discrimination. It just means that across a lot of different situations uh, there are discrepancies and that those aren't good for building trust or making people feel as if they are being treated uh, fairly and that's not good for police either and what I've said is we have to address that and we have to address that honestly but I think that the, the one thing that uh, all of us need to do you and me uh, is to make sure that we don't pretend as if there aren't potential problems in how uh, police in certain communities interact and that when we raise those or people raise those issues that the perception is somehow that that's anti-police. That's I think uh, what I've tried to express and I completely agree with you the protesters have to be peaceful. It's counterproductive if you're not. That is a beautiful thing. That just because we're pointing out a problem that does exist doesn't mean we're anti-police. What I am anti is anti-police brutality. Because when you're given a bunch of power, along with that comes a lot of responsibility. You should be held to a higher standard than normal citizens. You know, sometimes I wonder if Obama is testing us all with his power because he talks so slow. It's almost like it's getting slower and he knows that no <laughs> one is going to be like, hey, can you speed it up? I mean, we only have a 30 minute special here. Come on now. Well, he's only got so much time left in office. <laughs> I mean, that was a slow response. I, th I think much like Bill Clinton, Obama in his later years, he I think he thinks he's getting paid by the hour or by the by the word maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, people better be careful when they pay him for speeches after he leaves office. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we have a big, big load of Trump-tastic, Donald Trump-tacular news in the works. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, Donald Trump finally picked his running mate, and it is a sitting super conservative Christian right-wing science-denying governor of Indiana, Mike Pence. The morning that he was chosen... It was by tweet, of course, announced by tweet. And ever since Brittany and I went to that rally and interviewed all those people and I had gotten tickets, we just didn't actually go in. I get emails from the Trump campaign all the time and they did release a new logo, which I don't think they're sticking with after the internet uproar, but they released a logo that raised some eyebrows. Well, we're also continuing to follow Donald Trump's official announcement of Mike Pence as his running mate. Shortly after Trump tweeted out the news of the ticket, a fundraising email went out complete with a new logo. And as you might imagine, boy, did this kick up a storm of commentary on the Internet. One person on Twitter saw some similarities to the Minnesota Twins logo, while former Michigan Congressman John Dingell, he wondered, what's the T doing to the P? We're going to leave you to decide that one. We should point out that Hillary Clinton's campaign logo was met with some criticism of its own at the time of its release, in part because of the likeness to the FedEx logo. We'll have to wait and see if and how it changes when she announces her running mate. I doubt it will have one letter penetrating another, <laughs> which is so comical because you kind of expect whoever he picks to just be a receptacle for Donald Trump's DNA somehow. Oh, dear. And goddamn, it is it is a joke. Immediately, people took to After Effects and Adobe program to animate <laughs> the logo, the letters in the logo. It, what a nightmare. Well, the logo, the animated logo, really made sense if you were watching the 60 Minutes interview tonight with Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Yes. Where Donald Trump was saying things like, oh, no, he can answer that one or go ahead and answer that one. And I'll let him. I'll let him answer. Yeah. Like coaching him or allowing him to do things. Yeah. Yeah. It was very disturbing. Like he's an employee, not a running mate. Yeah. Well... I want to talk a little bit about Mike Pence. Mike Pence is someone we've talked on the show before about. A few months ago, during Indiana's, well, not just Indiana, but many states throughout the United States started introducing and passing RIFRA bills, Religious Freedom Restoration Acts. It needs to be restored. Yeah, the, the, the religious freedom has been so denigrated yeah. and torn down yes. in this country. People's constitutionally protected religious freedom is, oh, it's under attack, Brittany. It's oh a war on the religious in this country. It's scary. They're not allowed to oppress the gays anymore <laughs> as, a, as a normal course of their day. 
So they feel oppressed. Object. They feel <laughs> they feel terrible about this. Well, George Stepanopoulos sat down with Mike Pence during this entire thing and asked him many times, six or seven times in an interview, if the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that they were passing or they had passed in Indiana would allow people to discriminate against gays. And these are some of his answers or non-answers, as it were. And this is Donald Trump's running mate to be first in line to the presidency if something were to happen to a President Trump. But I think one of the problems that people have pointed out is that in Indiana, your civil rights laws don't include sexual orientation as a protected class. And even some of the supporters of the bill who, who appeared with you when you signed the bill, Eric Miller of Advance America, wrote that it will protect those who oppose gay marriage. He put up this example. He said, Christian bakers, florists, and photographers should not be punished for refusing to participate in a homosexual marriage. Pretty clear that that is the bill that was touted and supported aggressively by the Republican nominee for vice president of the United States. Their interview continued. So this is a yes or no question. Is Advance America right when they say a florist in Indiana can now refuse to serve a gay couple without fear of punishment? Well, let me explain to you. The purpose of this bill is to empower and has been for more than 20 years, George. This is not speculative. The purpose of this legislation, which is the law in all 50 states in our federal courts, and it's the law by either statute or court decisions in some 30 other states, is very simply to empower individuals when they believe that actions of government impinge on their constitutional First Amendment freedom of religion. And frankly, George, there's a lot of people across this country uh, who uh, you're looking at uh, Obamacare uh, and the Hobby Lobby decision, looking at other cases who feel uh, that their religious liberty is being infringed upon. Remember when George Stephanopoulos said this is a yes or no question. Will someone be able to not bake a cake based on the fact that the customer is gay? Yes or no? He didn't answer. The interview continued as did the attempts to get him to answer the simple question. Yes or no, if a florist in Indiana refuses to serve a gay couple uh, at their wedding, is that legal now in Indiana? George, this is, this is where this debate has gone, with, with misinformation and uh, frankly, It's just a question, sir, yes so, or no? Well, well this, there's been shameless rhetoric about my state and about this law and about its intention all over the internet. People are trying to make it about one particular issue, and now you're doing that as well. It's an easy question to answer. If the answer is no, then all you have to say is no, absolutely not. <laughs> but he won't even answer the question. Sir, I'm, Look, I'm just bringing the, the, up the a question, message from one of your supporters. That was one of your supporters who was talking about the bill right there. It said it would protect a Christian florist who, uh, against any kind of punishment. Is that true or not? George, look, the, the issue here is, you know, <laughs> is tolerance a two-way street or not? I mean, you know, there's a lot well, of talk about tolerance in this country today having to do with people on the left. Uh, and uh, But here Indiana steps forward to protect uh, the constitutional rights and privileges of freedom of religion. 
uh, for people of faith and families of faith uh, in our state. And this avalanche of intolerance that's been poured on our state <laughs> is just outrageous. <laughs> so I-, I love how they all... Brittany, it's an avalanche uh, of intolerance. Yeah. I love how the conservatives picked up this talking point and ran yeah. with it yeah. without anyone kind of pausing and saying, hey, is this logical or is this not? Let's have a conversation about whether or not this is logical. <laughs> this whole, well, doesn't tolerance go both ways? Right. Uh, come on, guy. Listen, what are we to be tolerant of? Your discriminatory behavior? Well, yeah. Ugh. Again, George <laughs> Stepanopoulos trying to get an answer to this very, very simple question. Tolerance is a two-way street. So when you say tolerance is a two-way street, does that mean that Christians who want to refuse service or people of any other faith who want to refuse service to gays and lesbians, that it's now legal in the state of Indiana? That's a simple yes or no question. George, the the question here is if if there is a government action or a law that an individual believes impinges on their religious liberty... They have the opportunity to go to court, just as the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that Bill Clinton side allowed them, go to court, and the court would evaluate the circumstance under the standards articulated in this act. That's all it is. And when you see these headlines about, about Indiana, the license to discriminate in Indiana, and, and it, it just, I'm telling you, George, uh, it is a red herring, and I think it, it's deeply troubling to millions of Americans uh, and, and frankly, people all across the state of Indiana who feel troubled. If it's such a red herring, soon to be vice presidential nominee for the Republican Party, if it's such a red herring, then why not just answer the question, Governor Pence? I'm trying to get that same clarity. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is that someone could use their religious faith as a defense against any kind of a suit brought there. But let's try to get to that clarification you're talking about. One fix that people have talked about is simply adding sexual orientation as a protected class under the state civil rights laws. Will you push for that? Uh, I will not push for that. No, there's an answer. No, I'm not going to try to protect a marginalized class in my state. Mm Mm-hmm. Final question, final yes or no question, Governor. <laughs> Do you think it should be legal in the state of Indiana to discriminate against gays or lesbians? George. Uh, it's a yes or no question. Your, come on. Hoosiers don't believe in discrimination. Do you think it should be legal to discriminate against gays or lesbians? Yes or no? He can't even answer that. Well, so the answer is yes, then. Yeah. If the answer's not no, then the answer is yes. By omission. I mean, the way I was raised in a small town in southern Indiana is you're you're kind and caring and respectful to everyone. Anybody that's been in Indiana for five minutes knows that who's your hospitality is not a slogan. It's a reality. People tell me when I travel around the country, gosh, I I went to your state and people are so nice. Unless you're gay. And unless you want a cupcake or a, a, a bouquet of flowers. Goddamn. Well, the interview ended like this. Yes or no, should it be legal to discriminate against gays and lesbians? George, you're, you're following the mantra of the last week online. And you're trying to make this issue about something else. What I am for is protecting 
at the highest standards in our courts, the religious liberty of Hoosiers. So someone's religious belief that includes discriminating against someone for the way they were born is more important than protecting someone who was born gay or lesbian. Well, why is he so outraged by this question? Because you'd think that with how great the state is and how they don't discriminate, it would just be the easiest question that he could answer. Well, no, we have the nicest people. Everyone loves coming to the state because we're so nice. (laughs) No, of course not. Of course we don't discriminate. Well, this isn't the only problem with the governor. He's also a wild, rabid science denier. He wrote an op-ed piece in the early 2000s in which he he boldly, because you know he's a scientist in all Brittany, he boldly claimed that all this hubbub about smoking being bad for you, that's all BS. Yeah, in 2001, he wrote this op-ed declaring that smoking doesn't kill. The evidence, (laughs) this was the evidence that he presented, all right? Two out of three smokers do not die from a smoking-related illness. Science, folks, and his numbers are wrong. Well, apparently he believes that diseases are the product of one singular thing. (laughs) And that they can't have multiple causes or be the perfect mixture of something, right? Well, it's clear... And it's, this isn't a shock coming out of the Republican Party that they are anti-science. He sat down with Chris Matthews a while back and was grilled about both climate change, which is overwhelmingly understood and endorsed as a legitimate problem that we're facing, a dire problem. The science is in. There is a, a, a overwhelming consensus that global warming, climate change is happening. Well, Chris Matthews not only grilled him about that, but also about whether or not he believes in evolution. And you just wait and see. We're going to go all across the country with these energy summits, hear from the American people, and we're going to educate the American people on a 21st century Republican agenda for the environment. You want to educate the American people about science and its relevance today. Do you believe in evolution, sir? Um, I do. I believe in evolution. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be good when that's the first thing he says when asked if he believes in evolution. When he repeats the question back, I I embrace the uh, the uh, the view that uh, God created the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that's in them. Right, and but you the, believe in evolution as the a way means, he did it. The, the means, Chris, that he used uh, to do that. Uh, uh, I can't say, but I do believe you can't, in that well, fundamental you believe, truth. Did you take biology in school? Did you take science, which is all based on evolutionary belief and assumption? Well, well uh, Chris. Do you believe? Another, the, the reason I'm asking this, I'm no, not no, just no, taking great, a fight. To, I, if I, your party wants to be credible to, on yeah. science, you've got to accept science, do you? Yeah, I always, wanted, science. I always wanted to play and inherit the wind, but on the global warming issue, I know that in the mainstream See media. See how you're hedging? This is the, why people the, don't the, trust in Republicans. In the mainstream media, Chris, there is a denial of the growing scale skepticism in the scientific community about global warming. Well, do you have a global... Is there a a rising skepticism about evolution? Republicans are more than willing 
to stand for a cleaner environment and cleaner air. We're going to promote clean coal technologies, give incentives, but we're not going to raise a national energy tax on every household okay. in America. Okay. Do you believe we should be teaching science in school or creationism? See, this is the problem. I asked you, do you have a passion? And I don't think the Republicans have a passion for global warming and issues like the Green Movement. You have skepticism about it, which you've admitted. You've been very honest here. You've admitted you have a problem sure. with your credibility on, on fiscal responsibility the last eight years. You've admitted that you have a split position on the issue of, of global warming. I would argue you have a very strong split position on the issue of science. You have people in your party who don't believe in stem cell research and federal funding of that, who don't believe in evolution. Oh, come on, Chris. Well, let me ask you this. Come Does on. your party what is, agree what is on stem cells? But an exploration, science. a science is an exploration of demonstrable right. fact, isn't right. it? I think in our schools we should teach all of the facts about all of these controversial areas. Right. All of the facts. Brittany Page. This is going to be, or it really should be, I hope against hope that they ask good questions, substantive questions, and hold the candidates' feet to the fire, especially during the vice presidential debate. They need to ask, do you believe homosexuality is a sin? Yes. And do not let them obfuscate. No. They need to ask, do you believe in evolution? Yeah. Period. And do not repeat it back to me. Just answer the question. It's it's not one of those deals where they have, okay, raise your hand if you don't believe in evolution or if you do. Right. They need to ask pointed questions and have him answer. Yeah, you need to say it. Because this is going to be a liability. Well, hopefully. This will be... A liability. Brain. You know, I follow Dan Rather <laughs> on Facebook, and he's awesome. And he posted a status today. I think you uh, you got a little crush going on over there with the with the old Dan Rather. I love his posts. You went off on a jag earlier about how much you <laughs> love you some Dan Rather. I really do. Wow. So he posted a great status though about how there should be a debate dedicated to science. We will share it on the Facebook page and asking the candidates about their belief in evolution and climate change and these things that are so important to accept, right? Yes, absolutely. And we will, like I said, share that on the Facebook page. Uh, I would encourage you to read it. He's been doing a lot of writing, these longer form Facebook posts, and they're filled with filled with good, good stuff. All right. Well, the convention starts tomorrow, the Republican National Convention, where they name the, the, the official nominee is starting tomorrow, starting Monday. And they have problems, both about their platform, where they're wanting to include all kinds of craziness rooted in religious bigotry, but also they had all kinds of sponsors pull out and they were begging for money from different billionaire Republicans to cover the the loss. David Koch canceled one million. Wow. FedEx canceled five hundred thousand. Visa one hundred thousand. Pepsi five hundred thousand. And Coca Cola one million. I also know that Apple pulled their product support from the 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 event as well. Yeah, so they lost quite a bit there. And they they're they're looking to Sheldon Adelson, who is a casino magnate. In Las Vegas, they're asking him to cover the loss of $6 million total. 
Well, listen, this isn't the only problem that's happening right now to both the RNC and the convention. The Trump himself, did I just call him the Trump? You sure did. <laughs> I'm very confused. Donald Trump himself is having all kinds of problems. The labor department is investigating his his hotel building in Washington, D.C. right now. Apparently, there's a lot of people who are working and not getting paid. Uh, his campaign is actively seeking against the recommendation of legal counsel, actively seeking donations from foreign governments, from foreign nationals, which is illegal under campaign finance law. There is some kind of a tax scam that was going on that his children are being called as material witnesses in a trial against Donald Trump. Well, he he's also a material witness is oh. what it's being called. Wow. So he's not personally accused of this tax evasion scheme. He is just being called as a material witness in the evasion of taxes on as much as $250 million in income in a case. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- these are the crowds with which he runs. But most disturbingly, I want to talk about this last thing. Rachel Maddow recently disclosed that she's doing a brushing up on her Hitler history uh, and how he came to power because it, it really kind of parallels that of Donald Trump. And this runs very close to a story Brittany and I were talking about the other day in Vanity Fair about how years ago Donald Trump would always peruse and read as casual evening reading before he'd go to bed, Hitler's speeches and tactics. Right. So this is from 20 years ago, two decades ago. And Donald Trump was featured in this Vanity Fair article. And I'll just read a little. Oh, yeah, please. Donald Trump appears to take aspects of his German background seriously. John Walter works for the Trump organization, and when he visits Donald in his office, Ivana told a friend he clicks his heels and says, Heil Hitler, possibly as a family joke. Last April... (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. Last April... Perhaps in a surge of Czech nationalism, Ivana Trump told her lawyer, Michael Kennedy, that from time to time her husband reads a book of Hitler's collected speeches, My New Order, which he keeps in a cabinet by his bed. Kennedy now guards a copy of My New Order in a closet at his office as if it were a grenade. Hitler's speeches from his earliest days up through the phony war of 1939 reveal his extraordinary ability as a master propagandist. Did your cousin, quote, did your cousin John give you the Hitler speeches? I asked Trump. Trump hesitated. Who told you that? I don't remember, I said. Quote, actually, it was my friend Marty Davis from Paramount who gave me a copy of Mein Kampf, and he's a Jew. I did give him a book about Hitler, Marty Davis says, but it was my new order, Hitler's speeches, not Mein Kampf. I thought he would find it interesting. I'm his friend, but I'm not Jewish. Wow. Unbelievable. And, you know, kind of concerning. I know everybody likes to shy away from the Hitler comparisons because it's so done. It's so overdone. It's so it's just it's a very common thing to do. But when it needs to be done, 
it needs to be addressed and not shied away from. Well, that's what's so fascinating to me about the article is that that was 20 years ago. Right. And it's being reported that he's reading these things. There was no incentive to say that he was reading Hitler's speeches back then. Right. There was no, he wasn't running for anything. There was no reason that anyone would make that up, right? Very bizarre. Yeah. So before we go on, I want to move back to the convention for a second because I just want to go through the schedule really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Monday, today, Monday's theme is Make America Safe Again. On Tuesday, the theme is Make America Work Again. <laughs> on Wednesday, the theme is Make America First Again. Uh, and on Thursday, the theme is Make America One Again. Just hit me over the head with a fucking hammer now. <laughs> so on... Because we're going to be watching all this bullshit, and I am going to be losing my mind. So on I've got family there. <laughs> I have family who are delegates. Yeah. So on Tuesday, Tiffany Trump is going to be speaking. That's the wait, wait, what? Yeah, that's the youngest daughter. She's like the Kardashian Trump. Yeah, no one like really hears from girl. her. Yeah, no one really hears from her. But they'll be hearing from her on Tuesday when she's talking about the theme. I'm assuming of make America make America work again. So is is Paris Hilton coming in to talk to? Well, apparently Tiffany Trump's a hard worker. <laughs> she has some ideas. I bet, yeah. But also, the general manager of Trump Winery is going to be speaking on Tuesday. What? And the vice president of er the Eric Trump Foundation is going to be speaking on Wednesday. <laughs> so this just seems like a giant convention to promote Donald Trump right. and his family and his businesses and their foundations. Just a, a promotional vehicle for the Trump brand. Do you need any more evidence, America, that this is one giant reality show for these rich assholes? <laughs> And I look, I don't begrudge people their wealth. I don't even begrudge this monster his wealth. But don't toy with the process by which we elect our government. You're polluting it, Donald Trump, with your Barnum and Bailey fucking circus here. So just a quick few notes on the platform. Uh, they included in the platform that the Republican Party is opposed to the Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage. As it relates to education, they congratulate states that have opted out of Common Core and also say the Bible should be taught as a part of American history. What, American history? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... Good times. Quite the quite the the platform there. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Hillary Clinton is not going to go unscathed before we end the show. We talked about if, a couple months ago during the primaries that she's really trying to appeal to a younger voter, really trying to steal the thunder from Bernie Sanders. I don't know if you remember this little Snapchat video that she released. I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. Just. I'm just chilling just in Cedar Rapids. Chilling in Cedar Rapids, everybody. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Well, recently, at a campaign rally, she just couldn't help herself and made a just awkward as fuck Pokemon Go reference. So what we want is for more young people to be supported and mentored in getting those skills at community colleges, at apprenticeships run by labor unions and businesses. Because we're going to have a lot of jobs, jobs from building infrastructure to 
coding, creating new apps. I don't know who created Pokemon Go. And the crowd goes wild. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Uh. I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. (laughs) What is she doing? Just be who you are. Yeah, please. (laughs) But did you hear the crowd get all, she said Pokemon go. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking just lemmings. Yeah, yeah. That's a calculated move, you morons. No, she's really running around going all over the place playing Pokemon Go. No, she's not, Brittany. I'll tell you what she's doing. (laughs) I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to end the show. But before we do... the asshole of today ray comfort ray comfort and for those of you who are lucky enough to not know who ray comfort is let me break your your winning streak right now ray comfort is a a i guess an evangelist Mm -hmm. he's kind of an opponent of atheism more than a normal christian He's a guy who goes out on the Huntington Beach Pier because he lives, I don't know if you know, Brittany, right around here. Oh. Yeah, he's local. We should invite him on the show. Right. And he will accost people and tell them they're going to burn (laughs) in hell. And have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever looked at a woman with lust in your heart? If you have... Wait, so he's on the Huntington Beach Pier asking people this. Oh, yeah. You're going (laughs) to burn in hell forever because you're a sinner. So what happens in Ray Comfort's brain when a woman walks by with her tan body in a bikini or anyone walks by? I don't know what he likes. And um, he's not experiencing thoughts. He just sits down and eats a banana, Brittany, because he's also <laughs> the guy who sat next to Kirk Cameron oh, God. on one of those idiotic TV shows and told the audience that the banana was proof that God created man in his image because the banana was perfect. It just fit naturally right into the hand and the creases of the banana, the the points of the banana, they go perfectly into the creases of the knuckles, not understanding that the banana genetically modified has been genetically modified (laughs) over the course of thousands of years. Yeah. And used to just be like a green gross nub. Yeah. Right. Like a little green peanut. Yeah. It had, it was nothing like, it was unrecognizable. It wasn't sweet. Compared to what it is today. Yeah. He's a moron. He's since retracted that, but, uh, he's up to his old tricks and he was interviewed by, I think it's Christianity today or some Christian organization posted this article where he said something pretty outrageous. Well, he said that atheists cannot be trusted with political power because they have, quote, no moral high ground to stand on. He added that in the last 100 years, atheist leaders have killed more than 110 million people worldwide. He's also someone who would uh, try to further the myth that Hitler, speaking of Hitler, was an atheist, not a a at the very least, into certain mythologies of 
you know, Norse and and Aryan weird, you know, obviously that kind of shit. But there was a mysticism involved in Nazism. But like Brittany has talked about on the show, on on the the SS belt buckles and the the German military belt buckles, it said Gott mit uns, which is God with us, on their belt buckles. He went on to say he was a Catholic. He went on to say, quote, and so when people realize that you you can't trust an atheist in a position of authority, especially politically, they may be nice people when you meet them in the streets, but you give them power to do what they want and carry out their own agendas. And you're going to find out that they don't have any moral high ground to stand on because they're not standing on any whatsoever. Right. We, we want people like Mike Pence, who won't even be be man enough, adult enough, strong enough upright enough, moral and upstanding enough to say that, yeah, we want Christians to be able to discriminate against gays and lesbians in the state of Indiana. He doesn't have the moral fortitude to even do that. He's a Christian. Is he the example we should set? Ray Comfort. Ugh. All right. Well, he's the asshole today. (laughs) All right. Easy enough. And with that, we're going to leave you. Listen, uh, thank you for allowing us a day off. Uh, we, re- we, we contemplated coming back and doing a show, like a late show, like a Friday show. And then uh, who's going to listen to the podcast on the weekend? You guys are out having a good time, living your life, being fun and friendly. <laughs> fun and friendly, Brittany. Yeah. All right. But we are going to leave you here. We love you. We appreciate your support. If you would like to partner with us to move this conversation forward, talk about these important topics, you can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, dollamore.com slash Amazon, dollamore.com slash PayPal. Pick your poison. We we love you, and every little bit goes a long way towards supporting your favorite show filled with news, news. and ridiculous comment. Until next time, I'm Jesse Dollamore. Right over there is Brittany Page, and this has been I Doubt It. Pokemon, go to the polls. <laughs>